0: COVID-19 has done more than just make people really sick this past year. We have also experienced the effects that it has had on production. There have been vast shortages of materials, which has also caused inflation of prices due to the surging demand. We've seen everything from hand sanitizer to Clorox wipes to lumber and plastics, steel, meat, electronics, and even toilet paper become hard to get. Now, I don't know about you, but I found it very odd and weird that something as simple as toilet paper would become such a coveted commodity. As soon as people realized that toilet paper would be hard to get, they immediately went into survival mode. The fearful started shopping multiple stores, purchasing as much toilet paper as they possibly could. Now, you could go to any store in Boone, any grocery store, and even to Walmart and possibly not find one roll of toilet paper on the shelf. Folks were hoarding it because they were worried that they wouldn't be able to get it later. I remember seeing a Facebook post of a colleague of mine who just happened to be at the grocery store at the right time of day, I guess. The truck must have just come in. And he had found this mega pack, a 32-roll mega pack of toilet paper, and he thought he had hit the jackpot. So he grabbed it off the shelf, and then he got out his phone and took a selfie, and he hoisted it over his head like he had just won an NBA championship celebrating. But we also know that it's not just COVID that causes these types of things. We just recently experienced the ransomware attack that affected the production of gasoline on our largest gas pipeline on the eastern coast. Fuel and fear, it hit everybody. And what did they do? They immediately went to the gas pumps to fill up their gas tanks. Many brought extra cans to fill up so that they would make sure they had plenty at home and having additional supplies. The problem with such a response is that it causes shortages much quicker. People who don't rush to get it are left with nothing, while others who have stockpiled it refuse to share. This causes people to act crazy and to fight over things in stores. It's kind of like Black Friday, but even worse. Now, this forces retailers to limit the number of items that one can purchase because of the selfishness of others. And seeing the craziness of this in stores and on the news, especially last year during the season of Lent, felt like our society had entered into the wilderness, the desert of dryness, where there is no food and there is no water to be found. As we read our scripture today from Exodus, that's exactly where the Israelites find themselves, in the wilderness. Just 45 days after God delivered them from the Egyptian army, and having just left a beautiful oasis in the dry desert of an abundance of water and even shade, the Israelites are now in the hot, dry desert. People are hungry, and there's no food to be found. Despite God's deliverance from Egypt, and even in his graciousness in leading them to the springs in the desert, the people start grumbling and they begin to complain, not against God, but to Moses and to Aaron. They point their fingers at them, blaming them for leading everyone to their death. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted but you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. If only. They argue that it would have been better to have been slaves and had food to eat in Egypt than to be free and to starve. Now, honestly, to some degree, I can't blame their initial frustrations. I mean, it's always easier to desire the way things used to be when the current situation isn't so ideal. But where is their faith? See, it's always easier to point fingers at someone else. And unfortunately, it's Moses and Aaron who bear the brunt of their anger here. But of course, Moses and Aaron are only doing what God instructed them to do. They didn't intentionally lead them into a barren desert to starve these people to death, but the Israelites aren't thinking clearly at all because their hunger and their angriness is making them hangry. That's what you get when you mix hunger and angriness. You get hangry, and when you get hangry, you have a short fuse. And rationality is nowhere to be found. But in their anger, it's God who speaks to Moses. And God tells them that he will rain down bread from heaven for them to eat. God doesn't rebuke them. He doesn't rain fire down from heaven and smite them for their lack of gratitude, or even for their lack of faith. Instead, God has compassion upon them, and he seeks to feed them. And he meets their physical needs by promising to give them manna. Bread from heaven in the mornings and even quail in the evenings. But God gives them instructions that they are only to gather what they need for each day. He says, In this way I will test them and see whether they follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses instructs the Israelites about what God is going to do and how they are to respond, in order that you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. Now, I don't know about y'all. We've been reading the book of Exodus this entire summer, and we have read time and time again what God has been doing. The Israelites have seen the many wonders and signs of God when they were in Egypt. Ten plagues that took place. Then they parted the Red Sea, and they walked across on dry land. It kind of I don't know. I don't understand how they could not already know that it's God who delivered them out of Egypt. But for some reason, they still don't get it. And Moses says to them, hey, God's going to feed you and you will know that it was God who has done this. God had provided water for them in the desert and he's brought them safely to where they are thus far, but they still complain. But once again, once again, God delivers on his promise. So that evening, God gave them quail. And the next morning when they woke up, there was bread on the desert ground. So Moses reiterates God's instructions to them, and they gathered as much as they needed for the day. Scripture says, And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. God gave them bread and meat to eat. They didn't harvest it. They didn't stumble upon it. They didn't farm it for that matter. God gave it out of God's sheer grace. God's instructions ensured that everyone would have enough. No one in Israel would go hungry. And yet, even when they were instructed to get rid of the leftovers, a number of them refused. They decided to hoard what they had until the next morning to ensure they would have another meal but those leftovers became inedible. Maggots filled them, began to sour and smell, and no one would eat what was left. You could say, I guess, that these folks didn't pass God's test to see if they would be obedient. You see, God is trying to reveal himself to his people They're no longer under the oppressive regime of Egypt where they had to hoard their food in order to survive. In God's redeemed community, everyone will have enough. They will have everything that they need, just enough, without worry. God's people are to be a people who trust and have faith that he will provide what is necessary for life. And while the desert may be dry and hot And lacking resources, God will provide streams in the desert and daily bread for them. No one who trusts in the Lord will be put to shame or ever be physically lacking. So they're no longer to be selfish or trying to survive at the expense of the larger community. Doing so reverts to the old way of life and not to the new community that God is molding and shaping and forming for himself You see, their actions are to reflect the God who has delivered them. And all that God asks for is for them to trust Him. And yet, as we read along, even on the seventh day when they were told to rest, because God had provided twice as much as they needed on the day before, many still went out to gather food. Finding none, because God wasn't providing it on the seventh day. Where was their faith? Now, if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of us have trust issues too. We do. Now, we say that we trust God, but so often our actions deny it. We choose to rest in our own security, working hard to store up enough so that when a time of famine comes, well, we aren't starving, so to speak. Many of us, truthfully, don't have to worry about that too much because a lot of us have savings accounts or equity or resources to rely on. And let me be honest, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being wise and planning ahead, but when it replaces our need for God or when we become hoarders, our resources become an idol for us, declaring that we really don't trust God. The reality is that those who have nothing often have to trust God far more than we do. You see, Jesus taught the poor in Galilee. and The Beatitudes that he gave were taught to people who were poor in spirit and in their bank accounts. The Sermon on the Mount was preached and spoken to those who were in poverty, those who were dependent upon God's provision. And so Jesus teaches them, saying this, "'Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life.'" what you will eat or drink or about your body what you will wear is life not more important than food and the body more than clothes look at the birds of the air they do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not much more valuable than they Then Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. We call it the Lord's Prayer. And in that prayer, he teaches them to pray this Give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. You see, God's voice is crystal clear. Trust me for what you need. Trust me, says God. God is the God who provides our daily bread for all of his children. For Israel, it was food, a food crisis that led them to a faith crisis. But there are many other crises that we experience where daily bread may take on a different form. Sometimes it's literally food or medication, or maybe it's medical care. Other times it's a financial burden that weighs us down. Sometimes it's mercy when we are burdened by our sinfulness. Other times it's comfort in the moments of our anxiety and worry. Sometimes it's peace in the midst of the raging seas of life. You see, manna from heaven may come in all kinds of different forms, but it always comes from the same source, the Lord. And the real danger for us is when we seek other sources and avenues for what only God can give. Truth be told, we often put our trust in ourselves, or maybe in the professionals who promise to solve all of our problems, rather than first seeking the Lord. See, God is not just a God of the miraculous. He's also the God of the everyday, mundane, and the ordinary. Daily bread is what it is. It's daily, and it requires us to trust. Not just on Sundays, or when we find ourselves in a moment of crisis. Trust develops daily, as we pray for and seek God's provision every single day. Here's the cool thing about the story. God provided manna, bread from heaven, and quail for the Israelites every single day for 40 years as they wandered around in that desert. Every day. They didn't have to do anything. It was provided for them. And he stopped giving it to them only when they finally entered into the promised land that he had promised would be a land that was flowing with milk and honey. They got an upgrade when they went to the promised land. In fact, Moses commands his brother Aaron to take a jar and to take some of the manna that God had provided for them and to stick it into that jar and to seal it up and to put it before the Lord and before all the people of Israel as a constant reminder of God's faithfulness and provision for them, that that jar, that manna, would be held forever, as long as they could, so that future generations of Israelites would look back and see that God had provided for them when there was nothing to be found, so that their children and their children and their children would also put their trust in the Lord. When we read the New Testament, Jesus, who actually talks about this event when the Pharisees confront him. He talks about true bread. He says that he is the true bread from heaven. And it's Jesus who feeds the 4,000, even the 5,000 who had no food when they came to hear him teach. And if you read John's gospel, we discover that Jesus feeds the 5,000 that day with five loaves and two fish that come from a little boy who had brought food for him and his family. And what does that boy do? He gives it to Jesus. He doesn't hoard it. He offers it to Jesus. Jesus takes those loaves and those fish, and he prays to the Father in heaven to bless it, and in doing so, it multiplies. And it feeds over 5,000 people And the scriptures teach us that not only does it feed those people who were there, but that there were 12 basketfuls of leftovers remaining. You see, friends, this is the God that we worship and put our faith in. He alone is the one who can take people like us, who are willing to be used, who are willing to trust, who are willing to give instead of hoard, and provide what is needed for those who are struggling. Even God can use us to participate in providing his daily bread. And the cool thing is, is that when we give of ourselves, God blesses our giving so that it can also bless others. Yet when we hoard our gifts, when we hoard our blessings, they become soured. And our hearts also become soured with greed, selfishness, We end up becoming those crazy ones who flock to hoard all the toilet paper and all the gasoline because we're in survival mode. And unfortunately, this hinders our ability to trust in God's provision and to truly experience the fullness of God's love for us. But the good news of the Gospel, friends, is that we don't have to fear the dryness of the wilderness. Because we have a god who enters into that wilderness with us and the lord if we trust will provide streams in the desert and manna and quail from heaven because he loves us even more than the birds of the air but all he desires of us is simply to trust him and in doing so the lord will provide for our needs for God's kingdom is one where everyone has just enough not too much and not too little so my prayer for us this day is that we wouldn't just say that we trust God but that we would seriously trust God for everything he is the one who provides our daily bread And that we would also be the people of God who refuse to be hoarders. That God might provide even more, even more blessings and daily bread to those who need it among us. Friends, may it be so this day and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.